Welcome to Punta Vista episode 88. Um, that's right, we finally reached the number of miles per hour that you need to go in, I guess, a modified uh, GMC DeLorean if you wish to travel through time. Um, but we don't do miles per hour here because it's, it's fucking Australia. I'm Andrew. I'm here with Theo, who also hey. knows a lot about time travel. Hmm. See, I just thought it was the racist number. Do they? Do you think they knew it was the racist number? Did they oh. make it the racist number on purpose? Oh, no. Oh, that's something I don't really want to think about. <laughs> sure, no, it just... Is just it the, some sort of Holocaust allegory? Well... <laughs> People need well, answers. Well, they. I tell you what, they didn't go back in time and try and prevent the Holocaust, did they? No, you have to... <laughs> You have to wonder. They went back to like play cowboys and stuff. Uh, back to, to play like, cowboys, just, just fuck around in the wild west. Yeah, they they went they went back to try and make sure that Marty's parents fucked. Yep, it's kind of all they all they really did. Yeah, they- um, he like plays someone else's song on guitar and pretends that he like came up with it, um, mm-hmm. which apparently is cool, but didn't stop the Holocaust. So, we're living in multiple dimensions, I think. It's important to note, right? (laughs) Just multiple branching directions. And at no point do they attempt to create a branch, which is well within their power. I mean, I'm no... Look, I'm no expert on the the movie series. um, So, I'm sure I'm going to get lots of emails from angry people who think those movies are actually funny. Um, But it's well... But look, it's well within their power to to stop the Holocaust, and yet they choose not to. That's I think so there's true. a message in that for all of us. That's so true. I mean, uh, they they did show in Back to the Future Three that Marty was very good with a gun. Hmm. So you know, all I'm saying, he could have he could have been in there. Oh no! It's the news. It's the news, everybody. Unexpectedly. It hits you when you least expect it. Wow. I'm going to be honest. I didn't expect it. No, not me either. What are we watching? I'm allegedly I'm allegedly at the controls here, but, um, but there is breaking news mm. on a new Australian scandal. That's right. I'm talking about Balloon Watch. I think <laughs> it's probably the, the hottest thing going on in Australia right now, especially in, in regards to like crime and punishment and that sort of thing. It's, it's certainly the Big only scandals. thing I can think of uh, going on. Um, why don't you tell us all about it? Well, um, in Balloon Watch this week, what I can only assume will become a very regular segment. Just like all of the other segments. All of our other segments, which which come and go fleetingly. Um, there, there has been an incident in Canberra at the Canberra Balloon Spectacular where a racist hot air balloon has been banned from participation. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which, which I enjoyed to no end, basically. Hey, did you see the thing a little while ago where Katy Perry released a line of shoes and everybody said, hey, what the fuck is up with your blackface shoe? What? <laughs> did, you, did you happen to see no, no. Katy Perry's blackface shoe? All right, hang on. All right, so I need everyone in the audience to 
Yeah. Type along with me. Katy Perry. It's just the K A T Y, I believe. Yes. Perry. Black. I'm gonna go. Face. I'm gonna go. Blackface shoe. Now this should. I'm getting an auto complete for blackface shoes here. Interesting. So now this has opened up a page in DuckDuckGo. God damn. Um, I'm assuming <laughs> that you're all seeing the same thing in your DuckDuckGo uh, browser. Uh, hang on. Let's try Google Images. Yep. And while, while you're doing that... You mean DuckDuckGo duck, f- images, I assume. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, anyway, Katy Perry put out some shoes. Um, one in like a, a like kind of tan color and the other um, just black, red lips. Oh, my God. Kind of ill-conceived on that one. That is extremely funny. Now, she did cop it. She did cop it over that one. <laughs> um, but the balloon... The balloon is... A little more on the nose than the um, than the and shoes. on the lips. From, I'm gonna say from seeing it, I think. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right. Let's read here from uh, National National Treasure, ABC News. <clears throat> the owner of a hot air balloon banned from the Canberra Balloon Spectacular over its quote racist and offensive name and facade says she never intended to upset anyone. The balloon named Black Magic. <laughs> <clears throat> And also known by the nickname Golly, uh-huh. depicts a smiling black face resembling the Gollywog character, which is considered by many to be a racist caricature. When are we going to get past this in the news? We're absolutely not going to get past We're this. We're never going to get to a point where we can just call a thing racist, are we? Yeah. Where we can just say, like, bl- blackface uh, is a type of racist caricature. Gollywogs. Are a type of racist character. When yes. when will we just when will we get there, folks? Are we ever going to get there? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Continuing on, uh, the ACT government has announced the balloon would be excluded from next week's balloon spectacular, citing concerns it could offend sections of the community. Owner Kay Turnbull said her balloon had flown at the event for decades without issue. I was devastated, absolutely devastated, she said. It's never been our intention to offend anybody ever. And in fact, in 20 years of flying this design of balloon, we've never had a single complaint from anyone. I love my balloon, and no one's ever had a problem with it. It's fun! Uh, uh. Events ACT director Joe Verdon said it wasn't until the balloon's nickname, Golly, was raised that staff began to question the balloon's inclusion. (laughs) It came through under the name of the balloon being Black Magic, also commonly referred to as Golly, Miss Verdon said. It was primarily the Golly which brought it to our attention that it was possibly considered to be racist and offensive by many people in the community. Uh, the good. facade of the balloon is concerning because it does visually depict the gollywog, and that's clear by the eyes, the mouth, and the bow tie on the balloon. Look, End I mean, quote. if you haven't already looked up the picture of it, um, they blacked up a balloon. <laughs> they absolutely. How much shoe polish did it take to do that balloon? <laughs> How many tins are we talking here? Uh, oh, Al Jolson to balloon. <laughs> Incredible what, a, what we could do with technology. I just I never thought I would see like the the gollywog debate transfer to like you know aerial transport. <laughs> Basically, it's a thing. New I did. domains. Oh. Uh, new new horizons. New horizons. All the Australian boomers love nothing more than like just claiming that they've 
had a dog named Blackie for the last 20 years. <laughs> and nobody and cared. No one's, no one's had a problem with it until now. God until damn. the PC police came along or, you know, we started actually hearing black voices or whatever. You know, I'm not sure what it was, but uh, look, just just let me black up my balloon and fly it in a national... Uh, Balloon. What, what is the balloon thing? Is this the same balloon thing that they fly the titty goblin in? The big, the big titty uh, walrus balloon, or whatever. The it is. titty walrus balloon. What is that called? It's got a name. Okay, look, you you describe you, whatever you put, balloon you thing put, is. I'm gonna find. You that. put big titty walrus balloon into DuckDuckGo, and see see how we go with that. Um, yeah, like this. This is a thing. It's like all these other things in Australia. You know, we've talked about it on the show in the past. Um, the sky whale. The sky whale, folks. Google the sky whale. If you it, don't, it is one of the funniest things. I oh, think. it's amazing. I, and I, I love, love the sky. And I sky love whale. how mad people get about the sky whale. It's great. This giant, um, strange, strange. <laughs> whale mammal looking thing with the big sagging uh, titties like all over it. they made a made a balloon out of a Mass Effect anime and then they gave it like 19 tits. <laughs> Folks, please do um, Google Sky Whale. Click on images and then just behold an amazing balloon. We don't need blackface on our balloons. We do need many, <laughs> do many need giant titties. titties. Um <laughs> Yeah, the whole gollywog thing is weird in Australia. Um, we have spoken about it on the show before, including with our um, friend, dear friend of the show, uh, Victor Rodriguez. Shout out to Vic. Oh, yeah. Um, we sort of talked about this in the past, how like Australia has this kind of weird relationship with like blackface and gollywogs and all that sort of shit because we have obviously our own um, very uh, like racist and colonial um, history and... But but like a lot of the things that are, I guess, super on the on the nose in America, there's also like a much stronger direct relationship to those things. Whereas yeah. I kind of feel like like things like blackface and somebody wearing a clan outfit at a local AFL game uh, and gollywogs and stuff like that, they all just have this like kind of one step of remove where simultaneously everybody knows what the deal is but people love to kind of claim claim this just kind of one little step of cultural ignorance and yeah, we all know it's bullshit it's look it's just harmless it's just some harmless it's just a harmless bit of harmless fun, fun. And, and it really I mean it just comes down to, like none of us get fucking taught shit in Australian schooling about like our colonial history yeah it's true it just doesn't happen I mean, there's, no, there's no there's no awareness um, of it in our in our education system, which is, you know, a whole nother, a whole nother thing, but we kind of then just get to not know anything about where this stuff comes from. Um, it's fun. Well, yeah, like my wife of the show, my wife Eleanor, um, she she does like various types of craft. She does like mm-hmm. you know weaving and uh, whatever needlepoint, all kinds of shit. 
And so, for that reason, she has been in lots of, like, you know, craft Facebook groups and shit like that. And every time, like, a gollywog thing pops off, she's just like, oh, no, now I gotta... Now I got to listen to all these middle-aged women gotta defend leave another why craft group. <laughs> yep, gollywogs are just totally normal and cool, and there's nothing racist about them because I had them when I was a little girl, and they weren't racist. Nobody was shouting at me about them being racist then. So well, there's this like there is an there is an infinite amount of dolls that you can make or balloons that you could construct. There, there's there is basically no limit. To you could be making a sky whale. Look at that. You thing. could be ma- you could be making a sky whale. Um, and the one thing, the one thing that we ask that you don't make uh, is a gigantic balloon with blackface on. Right? Yeah. You can you can have all of the other things. Right? This, the, your imagination is uh, just just let it let it soar. Just and just this one thing, you know. Maybe maybe gollywogs uh, like uh, not so cool. Uh, not not so good. Um, but like even that one little thing, uh, you you can't take away from people. Mm. Just to round out the uh, the balloon watch segment and this story, Miss um, Turnbull. This is the owner of Black Magic, the Gollywog balloon. Miss mm-hmm. um, Turnbull said she would continue to fly the Black Magic balloon at other events, but would <laughs> but. <laughs> But would rent another balloon to fly at the Canberra Balloon Spectacular. This motherfucker oh, loves flying backup balloons. balloon. I better go get myself another slightly less racist balloon. Yeah, this Good. one's got a poncho. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna really try and test the threshold of... Like a disgusting caricature mustache. Yep. Oh, god damn. Come on. Come on, lady. Just, just get yourself a nice regular balloon. Come on. My goodness. I'll tell you what, uh, gollywogs, all that sort of stuff. It's a real thing of the past in Australia. Mm, go on. Um, you know, the, there are other things from Australia's past, like the 70s TV show Prisoner, for example. Hey, speaking of that. Oh, fuck's sake. Do you know who else is a prisoner? <laughs> George Pell. Going to prison. Archbishop George Pell. Highest ranking Catholic in Australia and one of the most senior Catholics at the Vatican, I believe. Um, now, let's let's just put right up front a content warning for. Oh, thank you, um, thank you very much. For, uh, if you, I mean, look, if you know, you know what it's about. Um, if you, oh no, actually, sorry, I I miss I misspeak. Um, there are people certainly that I have American fans that I've discussed this with that have asked. Quite innocently, who is George Pell? What's the deal with George Pell? What's the deal with George Pell? Um, It involves um, uh, sexual abuse. So, So yes, if you would would prefer to hear nothing about any of that, then um, now's now's your chance to skip ahead to like two minutes before the end of the show. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that's kind of what's been popping off in the Australian media at the moment. Um, because, as I said, he is he is basically one of the most senior figures in the Catholic Church um, in the world. He is absolutely the most senior Catholic figure to ever come from Australia. Um, and he, he, in his sort of rise through the ranks, was eventually handpicked to go to the Vatican and, like, oversee a lot of their financial stuff, I believe. 
always happy to be told uh, that I'm very wrong and to shut up because I'm a big idiot about this stuff. Mm-hmm. But I believe that's the deal. Um, as of now, he will no longer be performing that role because he has been found um, guilty by a unanimous decision of a of a jury in a Melbourne County court. No, we had counties in Australia, but there you go. Mm-hmm. After a very kind of tumultuous trial, um, one of one of several, several years long, the whole yep. thing has been several years long. Um, there was previously another trial in which um, I think the jury couldn't reach a verdict, so there was a retrial. And during that retrial, um, there was a suppression order during that the whole time. So. I guess, um, let me, oh, hold on, one, one more bit of context here. Uh, Pell 77, this is reading from some newspaper. Pell 77 was found guilty in, on December 11th in Melbourne's County Court, a decision which was revealed yesterday because of a lengthy suppression order. He faces a maximum 50-year prison sentence for his sex abuse crimes against two young boys 22 years ago. He will return to court today with his lawyers making a final bid for his freedom. His lawyers are pushing for a retrial or for the Cardinal's child sex convictions to be set aside. Just ignore those, they're going to say. Just pop them over there on the shelf. Forget all about them. So the suppression order, um, which Judge Kidd, um, put, uh, you know, what, what's the word I'm looking for? The suppression order, they wanged out there he, during the trial. Yeah, he, he's, he's wanged it out there. He's wanged it out there. He's just, just tossed one out. And uh, that that has basically said, and because it's an Australian court, it applies within Australia, nobody can report on the details of this case. In fact, they cannot mm-hmm. even report on the fact that, that this trial is happening. Um, this is mainly because this person is such a, such a like prominent public figure um, someone who has been involved in a lot of things about uh, Catholic Church abuse in the past. He, like George Pell, was somebody who was put in charge of the Catholic Church's response to sexual abuse in Australia um, at previous points. And the the very, I guess, strong suggestion there is that he helped actively cover stuff up rather than responding to things or trying to change the culture at all um so so you know he already has a public a public association with this kind of stuff like (laughs) there would be a lot of people who would already have um you know their own preconceived perceptions about him so the whole reason that they do the suppression order is basically to say um, it has to be kept out of the media so that it doesn't influence the trial because otherwise they will have to, you know, declare a mistrial or acquit him or do a retrial or whatever. So essentially the reason boils down to if people violate the suppression order, there is a very real chance that they can actually sway the outcome of the trial. Yes. That is what I yeah. believe to be the case. Absolutely. And I think there was people, we saw people from kind of, I guess, all across the spectrum criticize the the suppression order um, a lot of a lot of people whom I think um, had their hearts in the right place as far as like you know we need to be talking about this as being silenced and all this sort of stuff where I, I don't really I, I, I don't agree um, I 
think. Like, obviously, it has all come out in due course um, without, you know, jeopardizing the trial. The trial is completed and we've kind of, we can now report on it fully and here it is. And so I think probably like, what when did that suppression order kind of really get heated up like three months ago or so it was it was in december when um yeah it was in december when the the verdict was initially reached and other outlets other international outlets reported it um yes so the daily beast primarily um washington post um yeah the washington post they they um, published a, a number of articles but like pulled most of them down later yeah but the daily beast have been um uh, absolutely defiant, I would say, in the last couple of days to say, look, we reported it when no one else um, would. Um, and I kind of think, well, is is that wise? Is that a good way to kind of spend your, your journalistic kind of um, discretion? I don't think so. Well... I th- I think the issue with this right is that you could probably you could probably sort of draw some parallels to this in like Australia's defamation laws where you know I think I think Australia is widely acknowledged to have very very like draconian defamation laws um but by the same token there are steps that you can take to not defame someone I think. Um, so at the end of the day, it, it kind of comes down to making a personal choice about that. And the same thing goes for the suppression order where, like, uh, you know, I have read stuff where, um, like, legal associations and stuff have, have been saying this really does prompt, you know, the, the idea that there should be a rethink of these laws. Apparently there's, like, 200 different pieces of legislation across the country governing this stuff. Um, so the laws are like wildly inconsistent depending on where you are, all that sort of stuff. There, there are obviously a lot of people who know a lot more about both the press and the, and the law than us who, who think that it's not great, but you have to balance that against the fact that that is currently what the law is in this country. And that, that if you, if you can like, if you can say, as I believe Noah Shackman from the Daily Beast was saying, um, he's a he's a mutual follower on Twitter. So shout out to Noah. Um, but he was saying like you know, oh, we're the, we're the only ones who who like you know we're brave enough to report on it and stuff. But like, he he was saying that in the sense of like, you know, speaking truth to power and standing up for the victims of this thing. And there's nothing you're not doing the victims of these crimes any great favors by having the fucking case thrown out. Mm. You're not doing them any and I, favors and I also, by like... I just looked up um, Noah and he doesn't follow me on Twitter. So my opinion is that he can go <laughs> fuck himself. Um, friend and enemy of the show, Noah Shackman. Um, so, so as a result of this, um, I'm just reading this thing from The Guardian here. Um, as many as 100 journalists have been threatened with a charge of contempt of court and could face possible jail terms over reporting on the Cardinal George Pell trial. 
Victoria's Director of Public Prosecutions, Kerry Judd QC, has written to as many as 100 individual publishers, editors, broadcasters, reporters, and sub-editors at Media Giants, News Corp, Nine Entertainment, the ABC, Crikey, and several smaller publications, accusing them of breaching a nationwide suppression order imposed during the case. Nine's Melbourne masthead, The Age, alone received more than 30 letters. Letters were sent to the journalists in early February, saying they had potentially interfered with the administration of justice and scandalised the court. The ones who do not have a strong enough explanation could be prosecuted. Uh, The Herald Sun published the most dramatic piece, a black front page with the word censored in large white letters. Yes, that was, yeah, uh, good times. Because the Herald Sun is a messy bitch who loves drama. Um, The world is reading a very important story that is relevant to Victorians, the page one editorial said. The Herald Sun is prevented from publishing details of this very significant news, but trust us, it's a story you deserve to read. So, like, part of the issue with this, right, is that, like we said, they've sent out a hundred different letters and everything, and they're going to ask different people what did you publish and you know they're gonna ask them to explain what they published some people i think like reported on it in like very very kind of um uh very very opaque terms where they you know like a page six item you know not not directly referencing any detail of the thing but you could still kind of tell what they were talking about Um, right up to the Herald Sun basically like having a great big page one whinge that they weren't being allowed to do this thing. Mm -hmm. And there are the two realities here, one of which is, hey, you might go to jail. You may well get found in contempt of court and go to jail for a bit. And I I am really not, I am not well-versed enough in any of this to say whether or not any individual journalist should consider this to be like you know refusing to reveal your source for something and getting sent to jail for a while or whatever um but but there is a distinct possibility there is the reality in this that as part of george pell's appeal he can point to this stuff and say yeah some of these people published stuff a hundred letters went out from the prosecutor's office saying that people the published jury was things. biased Therefore, this could have polluted, you know, the ability to get a fair trial. There is a possibility, I don't know how strong, that his case will be, you know, his case will be dismissed on appeal because of people choosing to break the suppression order and publish stuff. Again, I don't have any super well-formed ideas or thoughts about the specific laws or about people's obligations or responsibilities to publish things in the media, but I do know that if, as a culmination of this years-long thing, a very senior member of the Catholic Church had finally been found guilty of some pretty fucking horrible crimes, and then he was let off because someone said, you published a thing like a dickhead when we told you not to, and now we have to throw the case out, Mm -hmm. I think you'd feel like a real douche. I think you would feel like an absolute tool. But for now, he is a convicted pedophile, um, Cardinal Pell. Um, And you would assume that all of the reactions to this are very normal, right? Oh, absolutely. Well, in the Australian media, of course. In the Australian media, you would expect uh, only one kind of reaction to this. Would you think that reaction is pedophilia is bad? 
I would have thought that the reaction would be pedophilia is bad. Oh, not so fast, my friend. But let's read on. My goodness. What if I was telling you that... <laughs> what if I was to tell you that... Uh, so, of course, two columnists that we have spoken about with regularity on this show, um, both from News Corp, The Daily Telegraph, Their Old Son, hmm. uh, Andrew Bolt uh, and Miranda Devine. Now, Miranda Devine herself is Catholic and has mounted a feverish defense of George Pell throughout this entire thing for several years now, I guess. Um, and Andrew Bolt as well has been a, a staunch defender of George Pell. Um, so both of them had very, very normal reactions to this news. Um, so before, before we get into the reactions, I thought I would just touch on... Uh because I, I um, look, I think being online, you enjoy nothing more than being right, right? Mm-hmm. That's probably the most enjoyable thing, probably not just online, but in life itself. So, um, after after the horrible news came through, well, I guess it's, it's good news for uh, for the victims, but that the um, conviction is the good you know news. this conviction came through. Um, I did some some fun little trawling um, through old Twitter Twitter uh, accounts and that sort of thing. Um, let's have a little, um, hmm, little read. Uh, cruel, vindictive hatchet job on Cardinal George Pell. Sinister atmospherics not justified by dubious evidence. Uh, now Cardinal Pell is condemned for not agreeing to TV cameras, cameras broadcasting, uh, trial by media. Um, church pedophilia is deadly serious, but justice not served by hysterical witch hunts cooked up. Because wrongly deceived, uh, perceived as the boss. Um, what else? Uh, so, uh, res- responding to somebody, um, clearly that's an old-fashioned notion to some people, possibly the same people who have been demonizing George Pell. Uh, some facts the Pell haters refuse to accept behind the Royal Commission headlines. And from, from this, right, like, the thing that, that strikes me is no real conviction, Right, it's not it's not true conviction or um, or concern for for public safety or anything like that. It is just culture war, right? Yeah. And this is what it boils down to. There's the the sides have kind of been been like, you know, they've been laid down, um, and he's on this side, right? So we need to go to bat, and. I, I would throw I would throw yeah, out an observation about that, right? Which is that one of the things that that our staunchest culture warriors like um, Andrew Bolt and Miranda Devine like to insist on is that, f- for example, when there are people who are like I know that this technically isn't the case, but from their perspective, are ostensibly part of the cultural left, like Harvey Weinstein, right? Now, obviously, to you and me, Harvey Weinstein is like a big-time capitalist piece of shit. He, yeah. He's he's not he's not like even an artist or a creative or whatever. He is somebody who bankrolls movies to make a profit. Yeah. He has then been shown over the course of his career to also be a hideously predatory and exploitative um, abuser, right? And, like, these these people like to throw out the idea that, like, because this person had a career in, 
in in what they think of as you know a, a liberal elite profession, a leftist cultural mm. pursuit like cinema. Um, that that yeah, mean- it's some sort of like foul against the whole team or something. Yeah, like yeah, that, that it's right. that it's a condemnation of the left and and also like all of the people who didn't do anything about it at the time. Um, but they they sort of have have this thing of like with people like George Pell where they 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 keep sort of going to bat for their person, even past the point of literally being convicted for sex crimes against minors well past the point yep yep and they mm-hmm. and they say oh well you know they they protected their person for this long except the the, the reality of that isn't really true i mean i think in the case of people like no, who's still writing think pieces about fucking harvey weinstein or whatever well, right like, like it's not- but but, e- but even then right like i th- i think that the the generally expected wisdom about like the people in harvey weinstein's orbit is that there are basically two kinds of people in that scenario. One was people who were complicit in helping him either commit or cover up those acts because they too sought power and money, and those people are fucking scum. And nobody is defending those people or saying that what they did was good. Um, And the other half of the people are victims of his abuse and people who stayed silent because they either... Well, for all the normal reasons that people stay silent after being abused. And as soon as this stuff became public, the entire fucking world turned on Harvey Weinstein. There yeah, was absolutely. nobody, nobody was out there defending Harvey Weinstein and saying, oh, but, you know, I, did, I haven't seen any video but he, footage but of it. But he produced... Um, uh, Paddington 2. Like... So... Like... In, and as as we'll as we'll come to see in a second, when you get into like Andrew Bolt's defenses of George Pell, he's he's literally getting down into the weeds of like, you know, I'm trying to picture this thing and finding it difficult, so it can't have been true. You know, the, oh, but this this supposedly took place in like a busy building with people like Harvey Weinstein and um and what's his fucking name Jeffrey Epstein. These are people who had, like, assistance, aides. They had people in their employ who they literally paid to help facilitate their abuse of other people. There were people whose job it was to help them get somebody to come to their hotel room or to, like, recruit people and fly them to Jeffrey Epstein's fucking private island, you know? Like, so the idea that because this thing took place in a church and there's a possibility that somebody else could have seen makes it like very very unlikely if not impossible the 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 extent of denial that goes into the idea that not only is it possible that nobody else saw it happen but it's also possible that somebody did walk in on it happen and said oh sorry most senior catholic in the fucking country and most of the world I guess I'll show myself out. Because and yet. And yet. So let's uh, let's read here from this news.com.au piece. <clears throat> Andrew Bolt believes Cardinal Pell is an innocent man who has been wrongly convicted. Speaking on his Sky News show last night, the News Corp columnist said he had, quote, serious misgivings about Pell's guilty verdict. I just can't accept it. 
based on what I consider is the overwhelming evidence of this trial, said the man who did not participate in the trial and has not seen yeah. the evidence. Um, so they asked... Um, I'm I'm very sorry to the to the journalist at the um, at the the Herald Sun who initially um, broke broke uh, a lot Lu- of this Louise stuff. Ma something. Yeah, I'm I'm getting all these details wrong, so I apologise yep. um, to to her. But um, they asked her, you know, hey, how, for how many days was um, Andrew Bolt uh, in the courtroom? Uh, an opportunity you know, which was available to him um, if he so chose, and she said zero. Yep, because it was a fucking closed courtroom with a suppression order on it. There were eight journalists who were in there for the duration of the trial and saw all the evidence. None of them broke the suppression order. Andrew Bolt was not one of them. Um, He says, I base that opinion... On also on how many times Pell has been accused of crimes and sins he clearly did not do. So, you know what they say, um, where there's smoke, um, where there's smoke, there's more smoke, there's a lot of smoke and you almost never find fire. That's right. That's mostly just smoke. Mostly smoke. Well, see, the thing about that is that the smoke does. The smoke kind of dampens the fire and... Sucks all the oxygen yeah. out of it. Yeah. Why, it why would, would there, need, why would there even be a fire? In the fire same spot? Why would there even be a fire? Um, Pell could well be an innocent man who is being made to pay for the sins of his church and made to pay after an astonishing campaign of media vilification. Well, you'd recognize one of those, I suppose. <laughs> Bolt, who says he has met Pell f- about five times but is not a Catholic or Christian, raised 10 problems with the evidence that saw a jury unanimously find Pell guilty. One of these was the fact... Now, this is coming back around to something I was saying earlier. One of these was the fact that Pell's second abuse victim, now dead after a heroin overdose, denied being abused by a priest when asked by his mother. Bolt said the other victim who gave evidence in court did not speak about the incident for many years. Oh my goodness, imagine if there were, say, any kind of established pattern of abuse victims. God damn. Uh, you know, maybe being uh, filled with shame and fear of reprisal and not speaking, and also taking, like, literally taking years to process what has happened to them. And the other one uh, couldn't talk about it because he was dead from a heroin overdose after getting hooked on heroin at the age of 14. A year after this shit happened to him. <sighs> so the idea, the idea that Bolt thinks uh, this this person who was raped at thirteen didn't t- by by an incredibly powerful figure who also had the power to um, who also had the power to revoke the scholarship that this kid was going to school through as part of the Catholic choir, he, he genuinely can't figure out why someone would not have talked to anyone about that for several years after the fact. And also, I mean, I think the, the, the funny thing about this and, like, the, the entire kind of um, way that their, their world is sort of constructed is that it's sort of, like, they've reached the end result first, right? Um he's he's not guilty right because because he's a man that i know and i like him and you know i don't know 
uh, I had lunch with him or whatever, right? And then work backwards from there with all of the confidence of somebody who knows better than everybody else. Yeah. Right? Like, it's the same shit with climate denialism. It's the same shit with everything that you care to speak of. They've they've started at the end point, right? And they worked backwards to say, I know better than a group of peers who spent, you know, forever going through this, right? Forever getting to the bottom of this and trying to understand. They, they spent like, like three this, weeks being presented with this evidence, I think. To this, this that, that's right. The closing statements were like, I think the the closing statements from the defense was like two days long. The closing statement from the prosecution was a day long. Um, I, I can't imagine Andrew Bolt having the patience to sit through a day of anything in his life, but he knows better, right? Because he started at the end point. Um, and, and it's it's everywhere that, that you kind of, you, you see with this. And to me, it's, it's absolutely infuriating, right? Um, and there's no, there's no like stop along the way for int- introspection or to try and kind of understand. Oh, but maybe there is though. Th- maybe there is. Mm. Maybe Sorry, I'm, I'm obviously wrong. You, you're getting ahead of yourself. Let me, let mm. me just finish this by saying, uh, he goes on to say, this attack allegedly happened in the Cathedral Sacristy, which is normally a very busy room where Pell would have known people were almost certain to walk in. Yeah, that's right, folks. Nobody has ever been abused in a building with other people in it. Um, he added that Pell had no history of proven child abuse like other oh, church yeah. pedophiles usually have. Well, you know what they say: if you have never been convicted of a crime, mm, you, you cannot can have be, convicted. But, uh, you cannot have committed right. a crime ever. <laughs> I cannot see any like, any hole in this, this impenetrable logic. This is just what is absolutely blowing my mind about this stuff, right? I and I said something about this, like um, I said something about this on Twitter, right, to the effect of. Do, do Andrew Bolt and Miranda Devine genuinely not understand that more than anything else, attempting to use this as a defense just makes you look really fucking stupid? Like, because as you said, the defense at this point is is genuinely just extending to, but he seems like a really nice man, so he couldn't have done something like that. Oh, he's a well-regarded figure, so he couldn't have done something like that. This is just the absolute most basic bitch shit of, of abuse psychology. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just the most ground level fucking entry shit of, like, how many fucking serial killers and shit? What's the stereotype about all of them? Is their oh, neighbors yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. oh, they're, well, he was just a quiet. well well-liked, yeah, functional, just, just functional Just a, just a nice guy, minded his own business, you know, people Who in the community like- to be- Smart enough to cover up his crimes. Yeah, pillar of the community. Hey, it's almost as if by keeping up some sort of facade of um, respectability, people are less likely to accuse you or suspect you of things. And like, you know, I, th- I think I-, I was sort of saying like, it's it's just very weird to me because it's it's mm-hmm. transparently stupid, and it means one of one of two things to me, which is either. You know, that they are so unable and unwilling to process the idea that, uh, you know, one of their cultural heroes that they've spent so long defending has fallen, that they they literally will not accept, you know, a, a guilty verdict in a court of law. Um, 
and and the other is that you know they they actually are kind of this dumb about it that they're just like oh well I'm friends with this guy and he's and he's been nice to me the whole time so I've just flat out refused to accept they're just doing yeah, ride, and, and ride like or a, die for George Pell you know yeah and there's a great like sunk cost in this as well yeah that's true I mean they've they've both poured enormous numbers of hours into TV appearances and writing columns defending him throughout this yeah. whole thing but the, setting the, the entire thing, thing the up the fun thing about this um, as our as our beautiful boy Ben um, who if you do see him in the street give him a little kiss on the forehead um, and and a little goose on the ass mm-hmm. um, but as our beautiful boy Ben pointed out um, before this happened uh, that all outrage columnists get paid twice this is true once to write the article and once to write the article about how oppressed they are. About, about, about the mob that, that, that jumped the mob, them. The mob justice and wouldn't you know that is exactly what has occurred here. Ben, well. ben has indeed predicted it like the um, beautiful psychic that he is um, mm-hmm. joined at the brainstem. Big, big. Foot has given him absolutely <laughs> psychic and sexual powers. Very true. And Andrew Bolt went on to write another column claiming that he was being lynched for his views. Mm. I mm. do wonder if he actually knows that that word has a meaning. Um, he says in this piece, I knew defending Cardinal George Pell could get me lynched. I want to explain to the people now wanting my blood why I did it. Mm. It's all very serious getting paid ridiculous sums of money to write fucking idiocy in the paper but first something about this hatred for Pell it is intense lavish unbridled and at times shamefully self-indulgent some haters love hating doubt it then see the ugly scenes outside Melbourne's county court on Wednesday as Pell attended hearings to determine his sentence certainly jail after being found guilty of sexually abusing two 13 year old boys the screaming was incredible Monster, rotten hell, burn, criminal, filth. Pro- but, I mean, that's that's literally what hell is for, right? Well, as far as this is concerned, like I, this is the thing I don't I don't understand. It's like, hey, no, no, this is the this these are the kind of people that you're supposed to, uh, you know, well, I, hate. I would also point out that, like, as as journalistic institutions, um, the the two tabloids that publish. Andrew Bolt's columns and thereby claim that he is the most read columnist in Australia are the Herald Sun and the Daily Telegraph. Mm-hmm. They are both just just flat out trash, right? Yeah, yeah, they're they're garbage islands. And they they are both absolutely the type of publications that fucking love stories about sex criminals mm-hmm. and uh, pedophiles because those are people that they can unequivocally label monsters and scum scum of the earth like they do a lot of shit that I think is very messed up in that like I remember seeing things in the Daily Telegraph um, much earlier in life where like there, there was a somebody was having a trial for being like a sex offender and was acquitted and they printed a, a front page the next day that was like monster walks free with a picture of the dude's fucking face and yep. information about what neighborhood he lives in and just this shit where they're, they're like flat out refusing to accept that someone could be acquitted of a sex crime and also implicitly encouraging mob violence. 
Yeah, all these and people. I mean at this at this stage, it's like it's completely legitimate to say that um, the Murdoch press wants worse things to happen to people that take pingers at music festivals than they do for convicted sex pests. Yeah, pretty much. So, so to me, the idea here that um, that Andrew Bolt thinks that you know people yelling uh, monster and filth and criminal at literally a convicted sex offender is some sort of confected outrage. Um, gee, I wonder, I wonder how people in the society that he lives in could have formed such an incredibly strong view about sex offenders. I wonder if it's anything to do with the columns that him and his paper have published for decades. Like, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I have my own, I have my own concerns about that sort of stuff where like, I, I think that the whole impulse of media and individuals to label like sex offenders and abusers and stuff like that as like monsters and evil and all that kind of stuff. I think that that shit is misguided, not because the crimes, not because the crimes are not heinous. They really, really are. I think that a lot of that is just like, I I think that it is just mental self-defense for people. I think it is just people distancing themselves from the fact that this shit happens in the society they live in with people that they thought were normal. And that is the reality, that this stuff is part of the fabric of the society that you live in. If there is anything that, like, the, the Royal Commission in Australia into, you know, the institution, the response to institutionalized abuse, I think was the, was the title of that Royal Commission. If there's anything that that sort of shit shows, it is just how much more widespread and normalized this type of abuse is than anybody really thinks Mm -hmm. and so i think that when when crimes like this are committed and people get convicted and the media and individuals just turn around and say this person's just a sick inhuman monster it's the whole thing to me is just this attempt to just put yourself at a remove from it and say well this person's nothing like me they're nothing like me or my friends or anyone that i know they're this sick freak they're just this aberration they're they're this you know total anomaly and they've been caught now and i don't have to think about it anymore but the reality is that you know one of your friends maybe has abused somebody one you know maybe someone that you know is like violent to their partner or whatever the fuck i i just think it is a way for people to turn their brains off from it mm-hmm. yeah um, Absolutely, and, and it stops you from also examining the context of the situation as well, right? Yeah, like asking how it happened, someone, how did... How it, how it happened, right? And like the, that obviously in this case it's somebody with, with great power over people and great power over the people that, um, you know, and, and, and it should be cause to examine those situations, right? And go, well, how did, how did we end up in this situation where people have this complete control over... Uh, over people instead of, like well, you said, just, just kind of framing it as an aberration. And, and most importantly, in so many of these cases, a lot of this abuse in, in some form or another has been enabled by another party. That's the part to me that is like supremely fucked up about it. Like, obviously, the fact that any of this stuff has happened in the first place is plenty fucked up. 
but but to me specifically the stuff around the church you know the the other examples of like Harvey Weinstein and, and Jeffrey Epstein and people like that these are all situations where there has there is literally a structure to facilitate this type of stuff and and people need to examine how that happens how that happens and how we can stop it from happening mm-hmm. anyway Bolt goes on but to none say, of that's happening here that is absolutely not happening here Bolt goes on to say there were today's headlines almost gloating hideous hypocrisy Pell has reached the nadir of disgrace shouted the age which I think is it's kind of just empirically true isn't it yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. it's about as disgraced as you can be as a as a senior senior catholic but they were shouting it Rah, they said almost almost gloating bolt says true i'd be furious too if i truly thought pell had done what a jury has now said I would but despise. No, I think the other thing. I would despise Pell as I despise pedophile priest Gerald Ridsdale. Now, don't mistake me. Our legal system is fundamentally good, and we must accept even the rare decisions we believe are wrong. Now, I real, I'm really enjoying all of this as he's trying to tick all the boxes of like, yes, I think uh, pedophilia and and abuse from a position of power is bad. The legal system is good and I respect the rule of law. We should accept decisions we believe are wrong. Um, So I would think twice, very hard, before disbelieving this verdict. I would, and I did, read transcripts of the trial. (laughs) How the fuck did he get those? The, The only possible explanation for that that I've seen fielded is that George Pell's legal team gave him transcripts of the trial. Mm. That is the only possibility there. I would above all try to imagine whether this sexual assault could have happened as described. For instance, I would ask, is it really possible that Pell slipped away from his own processional after mass, unseen by the priest meant to attend him everywhere, and forced himself on two choir boys he found in the normally busy sacristy, despite knowing the door was open and anyone could come in at any second? How the fuck would this guy who isn't Catholic doesn't attend catholic church how the fuck does he know what this particular room of a particular church that he's never been in was like 20 fucking years ago he's he's doing exactly what he says he's just imagining a thing the way he would like to picture it what the fuck would he know about it nothing man other than if he's had a chat to george pell who said oh no i didn't the door was open who'd rape somebody with the door open like, again, this seems to be the extent, the extent of, like, the power of, of their imaginations to try and process this thing. Miranda Devine yeah, went on. it's, yeah, sorry, you go. Uh, Miranda Devine went on to say that uh, in her own columns that the victim's accusations are implausible and Pell is innocent. Uh, Divine, this is from the Guardian, Catholic Divine, uh, Catholic Divine, has always been a strong supporter of Pell. In 2017, she alleged that his charges were drummed up by Victoria Police as a distraction from a supposed crime epidemic of, you guessed it, African gangs. Victoria Police Chief Graham Ashton, desperate for a distraction from the crime epidemic, he's incapable of stopping. Hashtag hunting Catholics, she oh, wrote on Twitter. I'm, I'm, I'm squeezing so hard, I'm giving myself glaucoma. 
on Wednesday, Devine said the verdict was devastating and Pell was a big scalp for the, quote, rotten Vatican. It's devastating because I don't believe that Pell, who I know slightly and admire greatly, could be guilty of sexually assaulting two choir boys in a busy cathedral after Sunday Mass when he was Archbishop of Melbourne in 1996, Devine wrote in the Daily Telegraph, despite not being there and not fucking knowing anything about it. Like, and, and in, again, in the case of so many of these people, all that it is coming down to is just saying, but I've met I him was, and he seemed nice. I was nice. wrong. Mm. But Cath- uh, Cardinal uh, George Pell is real and he's my friend. Like, yeah. That's fucking it. Well, we, we, and we, I mean, we got pretty much exactly that from John Howard. We did indeed. Uh, f- uh, in a, two in a for all the prime ministers. character reference. So, um... So, yes, former Prime Minister John Howard, it's from the Sydney Morning Herald, former Prime Minister John Howard provided a glowing character reference for George Pell to the court um, after he was convicted of, of child sex abuse, praising him as a person of high intelligence and exemplary character. In the reference seen by the Sydney Morning Herald in The Age, Mr. Howard said he was aware of the conviction and that Pell maintained his innocence and had lodged an appeal. Quote, None of these matters alter my opinion of the Cardinal, Mr. Howard wrote, noting he had known Pell for 30 years. Cardinal Pell is a person of both high intelligence and exemplary character. Strength and sincerity have always been features of his personality. I have always found him to be lacking hypocrisy and cant. In his chosen vocation, he has frequently displayed much courage and held to his values and beliefs, irrespective of the prevailing wisdom of the time. Even if the prevailing wisdom of the time is that rape is bad. Uh, Cardinal Pell is a lively conversationalist who maintains a deep and objective interest in contemporary social and political issues. It is my view that he has dedicated his life to his nation and his church. Again, all of these things are just, I enjoyed his company at a dinner party, so he can't have abused someone. Like, it's just, just staggering the denial in this stuff. Uh, also, former Prime Minister and um, onion-eating headcase Tony Abbott, who had previously des- described Pell as a fine man when charges were first laid, refused multiple times to say whether he would remain a friend and supporter of Pell if the conviction were upheld. I absolutely accept that this is a shocking result, a devastating result, but it is subject to appeal, he told 2GB Radio. Asked by host Ben Fordham to uh, explain... Whom it was a devastating and shocking result for, Mr. Abbott said, certainly for the friends of Cardinal Pell, and as you say, I am one, devastating for all who believe in the Catholic Church, and I'm also one of those. Of the crimes Pell was found to have committed, Mr. Abbott said, it certainly doesn't sound consistent with the man I know. Uh, Now, the commonality here between Howard and Abbott with this is that in both cases, these people were asked for comment on this or for some kind of comment on this guy's behalf. And both of them had all these things to say about George Pell. In Tony Abbott's case, he was talking about what a what a terrible, terrible result this is for George Pell and his friends and the Catholic Church. And neither of them could give the tiniest fuck about the victims of this no, stuff. No, there's absolutely nothing in there. Zero uh, mention from any of these people about like even just just the tip of the hat to the idea that if the charges are true then a horrible crime has been committed 
and their heart goes out to the victims. You know? That's all. That's all you would have had to do. But it doesn't even begin to rate the tiniest mention from these people. Tony goes on to say, I would be the last person to say that anyone has always acted perfectly. I know if I look back on my own life, I've made mistakes. We all do. Fuck off. We've all made mistakes like sexually, sexually assaulting minors, apparently. Asked several times if he would remain a friend of Pell if the conviction is upheld, Mr. Abbott said it was a hypothetical question and he would not entertain it. Let me, uh... Look, we're going to round this out with hopefully something slightly more positive. Um, so, I, I saw a piece earlier today from a friend of the show, J.R. Hennessy. You seem to be going through a lot of J.R.'s work. Lately, good old keep up the good Joseph. work. Um, yeah, um, Jacob yep. Roundell Hennessy. Really? No. You just just making that one up. Does anybody know? Make Does anybody know what it is? Is it one I of those mysteries? Knows. Is it his first name? We're not going to find out for like ten seasons. No, it's James. Come on. Yeah, it's true. So, um, so a story ran in uh in pedestrian yesterday uh, in which they explained that uh, Flavor Flav we are of course talking about um, legendary hype man for public enemy Flavor Flav had done a, a, a message a video message for someone on that service Cameo are you familiar with Cameo Theo? Oh, I did read up on it I wasn't until this afternoon. It seems like celebrities already have enough money. Um, so they, they take money. Um, so people put requests for people to, for celebrities to give like shout outs and that yep. sort of so thing. Uh, and it costs like 20 bucks. I'm, I'm assuming it varies wildly depending on the celebrity. Um, mm. but you get something like the uh, David Hayter thing we saw this last week of him doing the uh, tweet. Now, that wasn't from from, um, from this service, but uh, that sort of thing where um, the guy that does um, Solid Snake's voice um, quoted the uh, dummy thick tweet. <laughs> Very good. Look it up. Uh, but yes, they give shout outs. Yeah, and that sort of thing you say, money. you get them to say, oh, happy birthday for your thing. And then they take you $50. Yeah. Yeah. So... Somebody had got Flavor Flav to record a message for Cardinal George Pell. Um, an article had been run about this in Pedestrian saying, oh dear, Flavor Flav appears to have been tricked <laughs> into doing a message for George Pell. Um, Flavor Flav then found J.R. Hennessy's phone number and called him to say, what's yep. going on? <laughs> Why are you saying this about me? Um, Flav wants you to know he had no idea about this. He also wants you to know that Tristan, the guy who booked the shout out using the Cameo app is, quote, <laughs> a dirty fucking rat. <laughs> Through a somewhat circuitous series of events following our publication of the story, Flav obtained my mobile number and gave me a buzz in to clarify both his Australian, for both his Australian fans and also the world at large, exactly what had gone down here. An odd call to receive? Yes. But the pursuit of truth often leads you down winding paths. I've been doing shout-outs on this app called Cameo, Flav said. Everyone that books me, I just do the shout-outs. They tell me what to say. So, <laughs> I did the shout-out for this George Pell guy. I didn't know who the fuck George Pell is. I don't know what the fuck he'd done. 
I made a mistake by doing that shout out. He received a lot of feedback. Um, and then his management called him and said, Flav, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I think to round out the show, I would like to, to play us out with that, with that video message recorded Public Enemies hype man, Flavor Flav, for disgraced, convicted uh, sex offender, Archbishop George Pell. Theo, do you have any thoughts on any of this before we uh, before we get the fuck out of here? Other than fingers crossed that the uh, that the appeal is is thrown out. I'm so tired. I'm so tired of these people. It's like living. I'll in tell you what. It's it's at the very least kind of interesting in the sense that it is just scandal going higher and higher and higher in the Catholic Church, like. No, uh, not that I think anything of any significance will happen. I don't know. I think the Pope has refused no. to even kind of acknowledge it. So that's cool. Good work, good work, uh, Pope. I mean, we can keep trying, and people can keep saying this is a witch hunt, and we're all uh, horrible, hy- hysterical lefties for doing for for you know sticking up for this sort of stuff. So. Well, on the bright uh, side, it does seem like people are abandoning the Catholic Church in droves. So, that's cool. Well, look, and certainly I, I honestly think this has been bad PR all around for um, the people that have barnacled onto this, um, you know, that we've kind of gone through tonight. Um, honestly, I can't see many people standing behind them on this. I think I think there's been a line for a lot of a lot of folks. I, I think, uh, and I think to sort of extrapolate from that a little bit as well, I think that it has been, I guess, uh, another another interesting episode in the absolute implosion of of Australia's conservative right. Um, they're just they're just cannibalizing themselves at this point, and at every turn, I mean, it it really does look like. The government, the government is just in like rolling scandal mode. It's like multiple scandals a week. You genuinely cannot keep up with what's happening. Yeah, and I mean, you don't have to have any of these, right? Like they're all just own goals. Well, uh, like one after I, another. I would go. I would go further and say not only are they own goals, a lot of them seem like they are very. A lot of them seem like they are very consciously engineered bits of graft in order to line themselves up with some cushy gig when they are you know if they are potentially booted from from government very soon which seems like it's probably going to happen the fact that that they all keep getting caught doing this stuff like all the tim wilson stuff all of the the paladin contract stuff all these sorts of things where seemingly that they're just getting caught red-handed just to doling out money to people and they're not doing anything about it um and i think that's really sort of showing to the public the realities of where their interests lie um and and i think that this george pell thing is is just kind of another layer of of shitty crust on that awful cake um which is you know again seeing that that the the people who are the representatives of the ideology and the party that is supposed to be all about, you know, law and order and tradition and, and respect for all these institutions 
is absolutely willing to toss all of that shit out if it's for one of their mates. Yeah, and then you and then I you have to go, well, how much of this is just pure artifice? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right? exactly. Like it just, how, it, how much of this is just pure constructed um, you know, ideology and and having absolutely nothing to do with law and all. Yeah, and it, and it shows, I mean, you know, it's it's like like people had said. Can you imagine Andrew Bolt or Miranda Devine coming to the defence of any like Aboriginal or Sudanese yeah. person who'd been convicted of yeah, fucking or an, anything? Or an, yeah, or, or like probably a more accurate parallel that I saw is like for an imam, yeah. right? Like no way. In yeah. Hell. Um, yeah, and and like I said, at, at the end of the day, it just it just shows that at their core they're just fucking hollow. They they have they don't have any genuine ideology that they're sticking to. It is just these are my powerful and elite friends, and I'm sticking with them, and we can all get rich together. And that's about it. So um, thanks for joining us, folks. As always, um, if you would like to support the show, if you like what we're doing, and you would like some extra content and episodes and all that sort of stuff, um, please go to patreon.com forward slash Punta Vista. Um, and you can you can get yourself extra episodes, access to the Discord, yeah. all that kind of stuff. We had a, uh, a very interesting uh, episode the other week where we did it um, live with the Discord and um, the most horrible people on Earth sent us the most horrible questions on Earth and then we responded to them. And it was a lot of fun. You could be one of those horrible people. You could be one of those horrible people. You probably already are horrible. Um, <laughs> Come and be horrible with us. Why not... Why not find a community of other like-minded yeah, goblins? Right. So, um, so yes, folks, if you if you like the show and would like to support us, we always appreciate your support. But we also appreciate your support in uh, in the form of you know uh, good vibes, positive thoughts, uh, kisses blown across the oceans, all that kind of thing. <laughs> so, until next week, here to play us out is a dear friend of the show, Flavor Flav. Hey, yo, check this out. This is Flavor Flame and the place to be. Rockin' from the bottom to the T.O.P. Yes, some stand in the night and fell, cause this message goes out to George Pell. That's right, book by Tristan. Oh, you know what I'm saying, for real. Hey, yo, George Pell, yo, I just gotta say, happy retirement, my man. You know what I'm saying, for real. And not only that, but you know what? I know you ran the boys' choir, man, you know what I'm saying? And all of the boys on the choir respected you, you know what I'm saying? And collected you, you know what I'm saying? And it's like that, tit for the pat, butter for the fat, kill the dog, the number slave the cat. It's like that, y'all. Can you handle it, son? A flavor flavor is number one. Hey, yo, George Pell. Hey, yo, once again, happy retirement.